Welcome to Saturday Morning Rewind, a show dedicated to the love of animation and feeling like a kid again. So let's go back in time to when cats defended Third Earth. Sword of Omens, give me sight beyond sight. A masked duck protected the streets of St. Canard. I am the terror that flaps in the night. And knowing was half the battle. Yo, yo! Let's go back with Saturday Morning Rewind and your host, Tim Nidell. Hello and welcome to Saturday Morning Rewind, the one podcast that takes you back to your childhood one interview at a time. And I know this interview is definitely going to do that for most of you guys listening. I have the one and only Keith Coogan on the show today. Keith was the voice of young Todd in Disney's Fox and the Hound. Copper, you're my very best friend. We will always be friends forever. Won't we? I'm a fox. My name's Todd. What's your name, kid? He also starred as Brad in Adventures in Babysitting. Take your coat. Oh, oh sorry. I'm sorry. I, I didn't. Oh, sorry. Thank you. Boy, this is a really cool coat. I mean, no way this is from Sears or anything like that. This is way too cool. This is my grandpa's. He's got great taste. He's dead. And as Kenny from Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead. I was entertaining some friends last night, and we had the munchies. You're a career woman now. We can afford to be hospitable. This is done, man. So not only did he star in one of my all-time favorite Disney movies, Fox and the Hound, he also starred in a handful of iconic 80s movies that I still adore today. During my interview, we talk about, of course, all of his movies I just mentioned. We also talk about his grandpa, Jackie Coogan, who actually played Uncle Fester in the original Adams Family. And we'll talk a little bit about the Coogan Law. Now, for those that don't know about the Coogan Law, it was actually set up because of his grandpa, Jackie Coogan, to protect child actors. Keith actually has a website in case you want to buy an autograph or even get a voicemail message from him. Just visit KeithCooganOnline.com. And uh, he actually sells dish towels and dishes with quotes from Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead which is a genius, genius idea. I love that. And if you want to book Keith for any upcoming conventions, please check out his profile on CelebWorks.com. That's C-E-L-E-B-W-O-R-X.com. And while you're online, please check out our website. It's at SaturdayMorningRewind.com. We've got our Facebook, our Twitter, our YouTube links all on there, so please check those out. And if you're listening on iTunes right now, we would greatly appreciate it if you just take out a few seconds of your time and give us a positive iTunes rating. It really helps us out. It really does. Also, this July, I'll be attending the D23 Expo. It's mid-July, and I'm also doing a fan get-together the night before the Expo starts. So please follow us on Facebook and Twitter. I'll be making the full details very, very soon, so stay tuned for those. But anyways, thank you guys so much for tuning in for this episode. It's a really great one. And now here is my interview with Keith Coogan. Did you have any plans on coming back to D23 this this summer? Oh, I'd love D23. I don't I I don't I don't know for sure. I think I'm going again. I'm not sure. I'm trying to, I would definitely be trying to get into yeah. D23 again. Good. Had a great show there. I think that uh 
I mean, I'm such a fan of anything Disney. Sweet. And the the crowd, the culture, the cosplay, um, it's really, really, really fun. Yeah, no, I, I had a great time chatting with you for the few minutes that we had together two years ago. So hopefully you can go back. And I didn't get an autograph last time, but I need to get an autograph this coming time if you're there. <laughs> well, we have we have shirts. We have uh, we have we have dish towels that say the dishes are done, man. On them, I'm shameless, but you know people really love them. They think they're fun. They're fun gifts, and uh, me and Pinky make uh, make everything. And I I mean it is uh, I don't know a labor of love, if you will. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, come come by, get a dish. <laughs> <laughs> I or love that. <laughs> So you started acting at like an extremely early age. Well, how old were you when you really started acting? I was about five or six. My 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 SAG card says member since nineteen seventy six. Uh, but I know I was scrounging around doing stand in and extra work and trying to get you know on something with speaking roles where then you would have to go union. And uh, it was pro- one of my first jobs. Was probably. Um, you know, outside of commercials and stuff was well, definitely commercials, but McDonald's commercials were, were some of my first okay. jobs I did. So, besides acting at a young age, what kind of things were you into as a kid? You say you love Disney, so what are some of your favorite Disney movies? Oh, uh, oh, I love the Snow White and Seven Dwarves, and uh, the uh, you know the original classics and Pinocchio, and Pinocchio scared the heck out of me. <laughs> Um, I was, you know, honored and just amazed to be involved with, and I didn't even, I don't even know if I really realized how, um, uh, the Fox and the Hound would be received. I mm. was eight or nine years old when we started doing it. It was released when I was 11. And, uh, now I hear it was the, one of the last classically animated Disney films that had the nine old wise men, yep. um, handing it off to the young animators. And so I, I heavily, I love Disney. I even did the apple dumpling gang, uh, series <laughs> for Disney and the cheetah and, uh, you know, of course adventures in babysitting. So we, we go way back. It's just, you know, it's a family product. When Walt created the parks, he said, I want something that, you know, doesn't talk down to the kids so the adults can't have fun, but not something that's too crazy that the kids can't, have, you know, have exactly. fun. So something that both adults and kids can enjoy. So do you enjoy going to Disneyland as well? Love it. <laughs> Any chance can get to go to Disneyland or, or California Adventure. Uh, been out to, of course, Walt Disney World. Well, not of course, but uh, you go through Florida. You got to go there. Of course. Yeah, of course. And uh, I really want to go to uh, Paris Disneyland and Hong Kong Disneyland. Yeah, oh my God, yes. And, uh, and now there's a Shanghai Disney. So I want to visit them all. I know. It's it's on my bucket list. I don't know when and how, but it's on there. What's your favorite uh, Disneyland ride? Uh, it always goes back to, you know, Space Mountain. But I love Star Tours is fun. Mm-hmm. If I had to... Let's see. If, yeah, Star Tours is the one that, you know, usually you can get to all the other rides and there's a, you know, medium line for Star Tours. It's a little bit shorter than uh, Space Mountain, but uh, uh, I like me some Star Tours. Oh, it's a classic. and I love all the updates that they've done oh, to and, it. And Haunted Mansion has always been, yeah. you know, a really big favorite. And I love, you know, when they do updates to it, uh, like the Hatbox Ghost now is in uh, just outside the attic. And when they do the Christmas layovers, the holiday layovers with... um halloween town uh nightmare before christmas yes. uh that is not merely just you know stick a jack skellington in the corner they really go <laughs> oh yeah you're like i cannot believe how different the ride is 
And of course, they're building a certain land in the back of the park uh, called Star Wars Land, which I'm really excited about. Mm-hmm. Cannot wait yeah. for that. I know. I can't either. Before we start talking about Fox in the Hand, I read that your grandfather was Jackie Coogan. That is right. I mean, of course, the last name fits and everything, but I never put that together. Well, you know, I'm I'm glad that that threw me in some way. You stumbled upon him again because I think what Except, he yeah. you know did yeah. and has done is so important, and the continuing legacy for protecting child's earnings is yes, yes. something you know our family is incredibly proud of. Yeah, and yeah. Um, I you know I keep pushing it. There's only five states that have Coogan accounts required. Wow, and I would like kids that work in all fifty states to be able to have you know guarantee that there's protections for their yeah. monies. Yeah, exactly. Um, so that's 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 something that I've been working on, and um, uh, you know kids should always be able to be watched by their parents on the set, and uh, uh, you know and and uh, some friends of mine in, uh, uh, in the fellow former child. There's a secret society, by the way, of former child stars that all just hang out together. <laughs> And they said on most sets, the animals have better uh, handling, care, and protection than wow. the children do. That's crazy, and that's not right. <laughs> and it's not exaggerated. Uh, yeah, I bet. <laughs> <laughs> so did you ever get to visit the set of the Adams Family then? Only the uh, reunion. They did a, a Halloween special, uh, Christmas with the Adams Family. And they shot it in the Adams District. Huh, coincidence of uh, of L.A. kind of near USC, um, maybe a mile or two from the original exterior of the house was, and it was in color in video, and they added Gomez's brother, and it okay. was really different because Uncle Fester in the in this iteration is Morticia's brother. In the films, they went that it was Gomez's brother, but in this. They had a different brother who came in and, you know, provide comic relief. and But there, everyone was there. Pugsley and Wednesday and Cousin hmm. It and Lurch. And, of course, Carolyn Jones was still alive. So I got to mm. see the entire wow. Adams Family cast. But it was pretty low production values. You know, it's kind of a novelty just to have them yeah. together. And to see them in color, you're just not used to it. <laughs> That's you know, so true. Were- yes, yes. Yeah, I think as a kid, my two favorite TV sets would have been Adams Family and The Monsters. How dare you say the name the monster? No, I'm kidding. We love the monsters too. <laughs> yeah, I came. I read a great theory. They said the monsters. They knew that they were different, and that they were monsters. And they would have their um, their normal answer the door. Uh, they had uh, what was the name of the? Was it Marilyn or they? They had yeah, yeah, the family member yep, that looked normal. Normal. They, you you get the door. Yeah. Now, the Adams family, they had no idea they were different. <laughs> they were like, oh, my God, why do they want to drain the swamp? It's so beautiful. Um, the Adams family always had, like, a just a complete love for each other and acceptance and, you know, the weirder the better. Yeah, such great shows. They don't make them the same way anymore. No, they, you know, they push boundaries a lot of uh, different ways. Um, and there's always a zeitgeist. There's always a cultural thing going on yeah. with TV shows where many of the same kind of shows will be on. I noticed The Catch and imposters there's a lot of shows you know all of a sudden there'll be con artist shows then there'll be a lot of time travel shows then there'll be a lot of zombie shows exactly you know it kind of follows along and it is it's just so funny that you know two such similar shows not only both only ran for two seasons but the same two years Uh uh-huh and you'd have to you know take your pick you'd be like are we an adam's (laughs) household or are we a a monster's household i i of course had no choice in the matter my grandfather was the only party ever auditioned for and he was very eager to get it and shaved his head and shaved his eyebrows. And uh, 
my my grandmother said, "What are you doing? Why are you Jack? What are you doing? It's just an audition, a screen test." And he said, "Well, I've never auditioned before. Huh. I just, you know, he, and he really wanted to get it. And he was pleased. He got a, you know, it was a great comeback for him because his career kind of died down yeah. when he was 13, 14 years old, and never truly had a resurgence until Adam's until television, this That's new crazy. thing. Wow. And uh, you know, he was friends with the um, Arnezes and did the Lucy show a few times. Mm-hmm. Uh, remained friends with them forever." Uh, it, it, you know, show business that you turn into a little family, you're kind of shell-shocked. It's like a family with, you know, a, a, a really loud family member, yeah. you know, <laughs> and uh, you're all kind of shell-shocked from that. And so it's it's you share a little PTSD in the show business families. And I think a lot of the kids go into, you know, kids of, of famous people and grandkids of famous people in my case. Because they're kind of used to it already. They're like, oh, that's no big deal. Oh, oh no, I saw my dad go through that or I saw my mm-hmm. mom go through mm-hmm. that. And they may be a little more prepared to handle, you know, the ups and downs and the trials and tribulations exactly. of of uh, different ways that success can bring some uh, conflicts in people's lives. Uh, but it's, you know, it's all for the show. And that's kind of, that's the sickness. That's the disease that I think is inherited is, you know, the show must go on and anything for the show and you know, blood, sweat, and tears, and break a leg, and, you know, I'll do that to get a laugh, but, uh, so I share that same passion with my grandfather, too, especially with comedy. I know your grandpa also starred alongside Charlie Chaplin in The Kid. Did you ever really talk about Charlie Chaplin at all? Oh, sure, he loved that man. He adored Chaplin. Uh, he never had a bad word to say about, about Charlie. He was just, he was so impressed with what a genius he was. Mm Mm-hmm. And how he had the patience to wait, to wait until something was right or perfect to shoot it. And if it wasn't perfect, keep shooting it and keep shooting it. Mm-hmm. You know, I saw a great story. Uh, it's online. You can find it. It's part of a BBC documentary on Chaplin. And my grandfather says that the smell of the spirit gum for the mustache, for the, the mm, tramp yeah, yeah. mustache. Yeah just awful and you know there'd be parts where he's hugging or even kissing charlie chaplin you know a dad son kind of a smooch Uh and he just the smell of it was just grotesque and there'd be long weeks that would go by where charlie didn't have an idea and they wouldn't be showing there was no script on the kid wow and uh charlie would be out of costume just walking around and you know playing baseball or golf or whatever it is that he did on his lot when he was coming up with an idea and um Finally, he would, you know, all of a sudden he would see Chaplin start to do that and put the mustache on and he'd smell that smell and he knew it was time <laughs> to get back to work again. It's a really dear story. You oh, can wow. see how much he loved him. And, you know, he helped him have an ca- entire career after that. Yeah. Like playing the little ragamuffin, the little waif, the little orphan. Oh, it's so great. So let's talk about Fox and the Hound. It's I was thinking about it earlier today. I think it's the very first Disney movie I remember watching as a kid. I was born in 1980. And so it came out like in 81, I believe. So I think it's the first one I ever saw. Yeah. And it, it had it's probably a video release in 87 or yep. 88. Yep, exactly. Um, they went back to the vault every seven years or so. Disney typically does or did. Yeah. It, it's funny. There's so many different generations that um, have seen it. I'll be really surprised. It's not necessarily a certain age group that have seen it. And that's just, you know, it thrills me to no end. I, uh, I think it's a very sweet movie and uh, hard to watch. I always cry. yes yes yeah my four-year-old was watching it for the first time last week and she was almost in tears as well it's tough you know there's a couple of parts in that friendship thing and you know the loss of it and growing up that loss of childhood there's always 
that happens to everybody. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for it to reach children and have them kind of understand it and help them process it um, or not. Sometimes they're just, you know, stu- they're like, why would you wake- make me watch that movie? Fox <laughs> and Hound cannot be friends. Um I always used to say, you know, parents, as punishment, I'll make you watch Fox and the Hound again. <laughs> yes. Um, it's, you know, it's it's just amazing. And you know who played the Hound, of course. Of the course. Young hound. Corey Feldman. Yeah. Feldman, who I am still very good friends with to this day. Yeah, that's, what they, that's what they told me. I was trying to get an interview with him as well because I've been going back and forth with them for the past year. And it's going to happen at some point, but he's on tour right now, so he couldn't do it right now. Yeah, his tour is going great. He's having fun. And uh, just audiences are loving it. It's like we went and saw the first Good. show of the tour down in San Juan Capistrano, me and my wife Pinky. And uh, we're, you know, we're super fans. I've never seen anyone have so much fun or work a crowd like that. Uh, you know, even people that were like maybe had come to the, you know, I saw audience members that were like going to go ironically to go see Corey Feldman. Two, three songs, and they're singing and dancing along with everybody wow. else. Wow, so good. I really get to him. He's very hardworking. I was worried because of the appearance on TV where people made fun of him over the summertime. I, mean, I love Corey Feldman. I did not make fun of him. I love what he did. And I got worried that it wasn't going to do well, but I'm glad to hear this tour is going well. Yeah, it's great. Standing room only. Nice. So was it was the first time you worked with him? I know we, both of you were both you know kid actors. Was, it the, was that the real first time you worked with him? I, you know, we worked several times. Um, the I think it was a hand model for when he was the face <laughs> for like a little Mattel commercial, like wow. a choo-choo train or something. You know, shot him playing with it, and then they sent him to lunch or to school, and then uh-huh. the close-up of the hand playing with it would be my hand. I love so, that. And I think at that point, I wasn't even union yet. Um, <laughs> uh, we did a uh, Billy Crystal movie of the week. We did a... Did we do? Oh, we did a um, was it the kid with the broken halo? We did a uh, um, uh, the Oscars together. Uh, yeah, we've had we've had quite a quite a uh, quite a time. And and also, then I got to work with Corey Haim as well. Mm-hmm. And I was close. Mm-hmm. I was close on Dream, a little dream. I also I went up for mouth in uh, Goonies. Really? So I've known Corey and his family for just years and years and years and years. We've been through a lot of the same exact stuff in the industry. Yeah, yeah. He's one of the you know people I can talk to that totally understands it. Yeah. We we did work a lot. I'm very so grateful and um, would never take for granted. But we did a lot of guest star appearances on shows and um, just you're always busy and you're always auditioning. And you get, you know, you get what you get, and you're very excited about the work that you get. Uh, while you're working, you're not necessarily auditioning for anything else at that point. Um, so nobody's, there's no jealousy at eight years old. Yeah. Yep. Uh, especially when you get to go, you know, run off and go do Night Rider or something like that, or Fantasy Island. <laughs> and it's fun. You're like, oh, you did one too. Oh yeah. Oh, how was how was uh, Tattoo to work with? You know. Uh-huh. Um, there's a shared. Uh, once again, there's a shared, a bonding thing. Even if you don't even work with someone in the industry, you still will see them, you know, across the room. And even if you've never met, instantly you have a very lot of a lot of common ground. Tell me about the other cast members in Foxley Hound. Did you record by yourself, or did you record with anybody else? No, as was done typically back then, it was done one at a time. Yeah. Even me and Corey were brought in separately, but you know, there'd be times we pass each other on our way to school. Uh-huh. Because we'd have school there on on the lot at Disney uh, while doing sessions. And um, they also spread us out over a few months so that we'd come in and do a a bit. Then wait for our voices to change as they animated to it. 
and then we'd come in later, and then we'd come in later. It took three years to animate it, so mm-hmm. our voices kind of grow up through the story, uh, through the first half of the movie. Um, what was fun, though, as a kid was the assistant director was apparently the voice of Goofy, or could do it so well, it had me fooled. Wow. And so that kept us energized, and animated. we'd be like, do Goofy again, do Goofy again. So that voice, <laughs> okay, next take, you know, and I'd be very, very excited about that. You know, they would just play with us, have us do the lines over and over and over and over and over and over again and, and talk and, and run and jump and get all sweaty. Uh, and like as kids would do, uh-huh. uh, so it sounds like we're running and jumping. You have to do a lot of grunting and they're like, make a uh, sound and now make a uh, sound. And, <laughs> oof. Now you're out of breath. And, uh, you know, it's fun. Uh, you never know what really they're going to use. But Pearl Bailey and Pat Buttram yeah, and my... Jack Albertson yeah. and Sandy Duncan and. It was an amazing cast. Did you have any run-ins at all with Kurt Russell? You probably didn't even see him at all, did you? No, only at the... They had a picnic when they were almost done with the film. They hadn't finished animating the bear sequence yet. Mm-hmm. Um, that was just a charcoal kind of test. Um, and like a storyboard that went along with the film. We watched the whole film except for the bear sequence and credits and stuff like that. And it was, you know, we were just thrilled they had a huge Disney picnic out at the Disney Ranch in, uh, like, Valencia area. And so that would be the, the time where we got the whole cast got to interact with Hedger and the animators and background artists and, oh. and, and everybody. They had animators out there drawing characters for, uh, you know, all the families and stuff that came. Disney's very family-oriented, obviously. Mm-hmm. And when you make a movie, especially a movie that takes three years, oftentimes there will be families you know, <laughs> that get larger during the filming. Yeah. And so they'll be like Fox and the Hound babies. They'll be like Aladdin babies or, you know, Beauty and the Beast babies or Little Mermaid babies. Yeah. It's, it's pretty funny. They even now do it in credits. They'll be like babies born during production and they'll show them at the end credits. That's amazing. So another one of my favorite movies growing up as a kid is still amazing today was, of course, Adventures in Babysitting. Yeah. Where you start along with Elizabeth Shue, who I had a major crush on as a kid Ever since probably Karate Kid. Yeah. Who didn't? Seriously. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. What, what was it like working alongside of her? Uh, what, she's such a pro. Um, we had some great rehearsal time. Uh, I asked her out and she she laughed at me. So that I <laughs> kind of carried that with me. Uh, she, you know, she's carrying a $10 million movie for, uh, you know, a major studio. And, and we're the leads. There's no... There's no adults watching, you know, who's watching the candy store? Mm-hmm. We had a first-time director, but we were kind of in good hands with Chris Columbus. He'd written yeah. Goonies, Gremlins, and Young Sherlock Holmes prior to wow. this, uh, you know, and he's, uh, then after uh, Home Alone, he's, you know, a John Hughes, yeah. uh, uh, you know, influenced in the Harry Potter films. I mean, I can't even begin to, you know, to imagine Adventures of Babysitting done without Chris Columbus. Um, who fought for the cast that you know he got in the movie, and I got to see all the other uh, young actresses at the time: Phoebe Cates, Jamie Gerds, Valerie Bertinelli, uh, audition for really? the babysitter role. And um, you know, you, you know, it's just clear that America's sweetheart is Elizabeth Shue. <laughs> Seriously, I, I can't see any other way, so I'm happy. Yeah, everyone was happy. By the first minute of the film, you're happy. Yes. Yeah, great. <laughs> Opening with the musical sequence, having another you know musical sequence, the blues uh, number in the middle, and having great interstitial music, classic blues that most children would never get exposed to or hear. 
um, you know, Atlanta Edge kind of a, ooh, this is a dangerous movie. It had some kind of naughty language, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. very some spicy language for the time. And, you know, it's a movie of its time as well. Uh, but I, you know, it's the 30th anniversary of Adventures in Babysitting this year. Oh my! And so we've been celebrating. Wow. We just had a screening at the Castro Theater down in, up in San Francisco, and we're working on a, a another screening here in Los Angeles, hoping to reunite some of the cast as well. Oh, yes. Oh, that'd be so good. I'd love to see some pictures of that. So you actually asked Elizabeth Shue out. Yes. <laughs> Tell me about that. Oh, took her out to dinner at the restaurant at the bottom of the hotel. And, you know, nervously was like, you know, I'm only like, I'm about to be 17 and you're only like 23. Uh, so, you know, we're going to be spending a lot of time in this movie. And, you know, I don't know, sometimes relationships and she just starts laughing in her way. <laughs> and I took that pain, that kind of rejection and, you know, the pain of the rejection when a cute girl doesn't even look at you in the hallway. Mm-hmm. And I pushed it to where, of course, she's going to say no. I asked for it. But I was able to use that on the whole shoot. Oh, that's and, uh, good, yeah. Like I said, working with her was, you know, she's got it all. She's technically great. She's incredibly intelligent, very funny. Uh, she does, she's a lot like me in that she takes her comedy very seriously. If you just invest in the reality, invest in the characters, you don't have to really do anything. You just try to be it and work off of each other. And so it was just, you know, anytime I got to be near her, touch her, put my hand around her mm. shoulder, bump around in a car with her, you know. Joy to be on the set. And I, I don't want to take up too much more of your time, but do you have a minute to talk a little bit about Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead? Do I have a minute to talk about Don't Tell Mom Babysitter's Dead? Oh, my God. I borrowed from Spicoli at Fast Times and Ridge <laughs> I, I was working with um, Steve Herrick. He directed uh, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure just a year or two prior. So um, I borrowed from Bill and Ted in that you know, Bill and Ted did not say that they necessarily did any marijuana but uh, uh. Uh, my character obviously blatantly did but i did the film because he you know he changes and he cleans up and he gets his act together mm-hmm. and he learns a skill and a trade and he decides to further his education and he starts helping the family and becoming a member of the family so it was really fun to play an obnoxious selfish teenager but then it was also great to you know teach everyone the lesson that you know everybody's got to grow up sometime yeah i think your character was probably my favorite character of the whole show I love the progression yes. of, of your character. It's amazing. Probably one of the funnest movies to work on. Good, good. What are you working on these days? What's coming up for you? Oh, everything stand-up, writing, directing, producing, uh, auditioning. Just did a couple of great projects that I can't even talk about because they made me sign non-disclosure <laughs> agreements. But I'm so thrilled to uh, uh, running a website where, you know, not only come on and, you know, see what Keith's up to, but... At KeithCooganOnline.com, um, we have autographs, merch. Uh, we have you know the T-shirts and stuff. We have um, voicemails. You can buy a b- birthday voicemail oh, message for a friend or a loved one or husband or wife or boyfriend or girlfriend. And you know, just uh, me and my wife run that. And I have gone through a couple of iterations of it, program it, build it, put it up. Um, you know, I, it's fun and it's fun making that connection and contact with fans. Not everyone can make it to every autograph show. Yep. Not everyone can come to D23. Yep. And uh, so it is just another way to connect with the fans. And I will post when uh, these projects, uh, these two that I just finished and it's, you know, it's just burning a hole in my pocket to want to talk about mm-hmm, them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, everything's going great. I, you know, uh, it is, it's a really hard way to make an easy living in Hollywood. 
Um, and sometimes if you've been in it a long time, you have to work harder yeah. than someone who's just brand new at that's it so you know, and has a fresh face. But that's I'm not going to go you know, crying in my soup because I have great opportunities afforded me because of the work I've done before. I would never shun it. I would never turn my back on any job. I embrace the snake movie, the ski movie, the karate movie, the surfing movie, <laughs> the horror. You know, I, I embrace them all. All right, man. So usually I get the voice actors to close out my interview as their character. But obviously your voice is a little different from, you know, well, young Todd. It's, it's really funny is fans ask me to do that. They go, can you, <laughs> can you steal the voice? Can you say it? So I'll try. Here we go. Um, Hiya, I'm Todd. I'm a fox. Uh, we'll always be friends forever, won't we? Thanks for listening to that Saturday Morning Rewind. Please check them out on Facebook and Twitter. And that's all, folks.